as you look at Grand Prismatic, you know, it's not just, you know, a hot pool with different temperatures and, you know, a few different colors. It's a living, I don't know necessarily breathing, but it's living thing <laughs> that is pretty darn incredible and it's gorgeous. This is the Exploring the National Parks podcast with Dirt in My Shoes. My name is Ash, and I'm a former park ranger and the founder of Dirt in My Shoes. I think that the parks are best seen from the trail, and I'm here to make national park trip planning easy. And I'm John. I carry the kids on the trails, I tell stories, and notice all the things that Ash doesn't care about much, like flowers. Join us as we show you around America's spectacular national parks. We're sharing our favorite places, fun facts, adventures, and misadventures. And we'll even throw in a little trip planning. Let's start exploring. Happy New Year! We are so excited. It's 2023. It's going to be a great year. We're hitting the ground running because as soon as the holidays are over... People start planning trips like crazy for the upcoming (laughs) summer season. Absolutely, they do. So we start getting a lot busier helping people plan trips. And we thought, what better park to start with than Yellowstone, which is the park that most people have the most questions about. Yes. It's a huge national park. It's the oldest and best national park. There's so much to see. There's (laughs) so much to do. Like you can do like we do, which is basically go there at least once a year and still have a different experience every time Mm -hmm. and find new things to do. And so uh, today we want to explore Yellowstone with you, taking you around the park and just sharing some of our favorite things and favorite places and stories from our own trips as we go all around Yellowstone. All around Yellowstone. I am so excited. This is the coolest place. It's my favorite national park. And I think by the time you're done, it will be yours too. Yeah, it's definitely worked its way up my ranks. <laughs> That's sure. Ashley's diplomatic way of being like, it's not my favorite, but not my favorite, 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 but it's a best. It's, it's not best. my favorite, 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 favorite. And part of that is because whenever I used to go to Yellowstone, like any memories I have of Yellowstone of when I was younger or anything like that, it literally was traffic. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> Those are my memories of Yellowstone. And in fact, it like got to the point where my family just really didn't go to Yellowstone anymore. Mm-hmm. We drive to Grand Teton. We love Grand Teton, but rarely would we actually go to Yellowstone during that trip. Right. And so, you know, so I'm a little biased the opposite direction where it's like, all I think about is traffic. But then I married you. You love Yellowstone. You make me go to Yellowstone. <laughs> we figure out how to do Yellowstone. So uh-huh. it's not just traffic. Yep. And then it's like, oh my gosh, this place is so cool. It's the best. We cracked the code. (laughs) We cracked the code. It is so much better than I ever thought it was. Yes. You know, from previous trips. So we want to take you all around Yellowstone. I think we should just start out. John, what is your favorite part of Yellowstone? Let's start there. This is like choosing a favorite child, but... I will endeavor to choose a spot. I choose Old Faithful. Okay, let's <laughs> let's talk about it. I love Old Faithful so much. First of all, anyone that's heard of Yellowstone, that's the first thing that comes to their mind. Old Faithful. And they know exactly what it is. We hear about it in third grade. You know, there's this geyser up in Wyoming that erupts on a schedule and you can predict it. And it is so cool. Everybody knows about Old Faithful and it is my favorite place. And that's where everybody wants to visit when they go to Yellowstone. Because it's the best. It's so great. So Old Faithful for me, we go there every time. Mm -hmm. But I think in addition to that, I have just found a great great love for the whole area around Old Faithful. Mm -hmm. So what we've started doing is we go to Old Faithful, which is super cool, but then you can walk around the area around Old Faithful and there's other huge geysers Mm -hmm. in that area just right near Old Faithful. Right. And so you've got Castle Geyser, which is so cool. Amazing. That one's really cool because I think it erupts like every 12 hours or something. Yeah. But it's steam phase. So like you can catch the eruption 
and see all the water spewing and stuff. We've done that. But its steam phase lasts a long time. Yeah, it's awesome. So even if you miss the actual like water coming out of Castle, you can see just like billows of steam for a really <laughs> long time. Mm -hmm. So cool. Yeah, it's amazing. There are so many neat things right around Old Faithful. And so the reason Ash brings up Grand Geyser, Castle Geyser, is because they're so fun. They're so neat and they're really cool. And there's generally less crowds around those, right, Ash? Yeah. So we'll go and we'll see Old Faithful. And in fact, we don't even really sit where everybody sits mm -hmm. to see Old Faithful. We've got a special spot um, <laughs> that's really great that we uh, talk about in the itinerary for Yellowstone. But so we'll go and we'll see Old Faithful. And we like to walk through the lodge and we like to get some lunch, usually the bison chili mm -hmm. or something, the bison sausages. Yeah, baby. <laughs> They're around Old Faithful. We'll get some ice cream. Mm -hmm. um, that's always fun. There's a big gift shop there and, and stuff. But, you know, usually after like an hour of that, I'm done mm -hmm. in that area. There's just so many people. Yeah. And honestly, I think I know it's some, sometimes crowds can be a little bit overwhelming. And sometimes it's just like, oh, there's so many people here. But I actually really love one, one of my favorite things to do in Yellowstone. And we don't do it that often, but every once in a while, one of my favorite things to do is around Old Faithful, there's this giant boardwalk that goes around Old Faithful in kind of a semicircle. And there's these benches. And literally, it's like a sporting event. You will have hundreds maybe even thousands of people thousands oh my gosh i don't think thousands <laughs> hundreds hundreds <laughs> low thousands you'll have hundreds and hundreds of people just gathered around old faithful just in anticipation you know half of them have their phones out half of them are just like when's it gonna happen when's it gonna go and everybody it, it's a it's one of the only places i think in the natural world where people will just sit and wait for something cool to happen. And I don't know, it's it's amazing. And then, you know, the first, there will be false positives, you know, like every once in a while you get like this little, uh, uh, a little bit of steam coming out of the geyser. And, <laughs> I know, everybody pulls their phones up. It's like, why isn't it going? I know, it's like, it, should, it was supposed to happen two minutes ago. You know, and there's this 10 minute window or something where it happens, but it's just so fun. It's so unique. And it's for me, it just builds like, you know, the whole world is here. You have people from Italy to the left of you, people from China to the right of you. You know, you won't be able to communicate at all, but you'll both be like, we're coming up, we're coming up to him. <laughs> we you know? found Old Faithful. <laughs> we're just so happy and excited to see it. It's just one of the only places, I think, in the whole world, the whole national park system for sure, where everybody just gathers to celebrate one special thing and it's so cool yeah i'm with you on that actually but it was funny because last time we were there a couple months ago we were watching old faithful and we were watching it from the benches mm -hmm. near everybody and it was fun to like hear all the chatter around us of people just like when's it gonna go you know how, <laughs> how much longer do we have to wait she's been holding her camera up for 20 minutes you know <laughs> like it was just really funny but what was even funnier to me was that castle geyser erupted <laughs> while we were waiting for old faithful and old faithful was like trying to start you know like all those false starts mm -hmm. and then you see castle back behind it quite a ways back mm -hmm just like going crazy and everybody's looking at each other going well what's that like why are we sitting here <laughs> we're missing that why don't we go over there and I, like you could just see like all the confusion on people's faces mm -hmm. like are we at the wrong spot like what are we <laughs> what are we doing here should we be over there <laughs> oh my gosh and was i was so just funny. chuckling to myself because i was like you know i it took us a while to actually get to those other geysers around old faithful mm -hmm. because so often we would just go to Old Faithful. Right. But yeah, the spirit and the excitement around it is really fun. Mm -hmm. But like I said, I last about an hour or so. And then I'm like, I need some quieter space. Yes. <laughs> you know, I need to I need to kind of get away from all the crowds. And so but that's what surprised me, I guess, is like you can stay at Old Faithful. You don't have to move your car at all. Mm -hmm. You just need to walk along the boardwalks back behind it. You know, you go up Geyser Hill and there's a lot of smaller geysers and hot pools and some really cool like bacterial mats with color and stuff. And mm -hmm. Some really pretty oranges back up in there. And then you keep going and you hit like Grand Geyser, which is is phenomenal yeah it's incredible it's phenomenal it's taller than old faithful more water you have to wait longer it's harder to see 
but it is on a schedule. Yeah. But like for Old Faithful, it's like a 20 minute interval. So they'll give you the time, you know, Mm -hmm. 1130 plus or minus 10 minutes. So it could go off at 1120 or 1140, you know, anywhere in between there. But with Grand Geyser, I think it's like an hour and a half (laughs) interval. And so like they give you the time 1130, but you have to be there in between 10 and one, Uh you know, so it's like a three hour wait. It could go off any time in between there. And so it is harder, like if you have little kids, you know, if you just don't want to wait, because that one is more of a waiting game. But oh my gosh, it is so, (laughs) so worth it. It's so cool. It's amazing. Every once in a while, when you're walking along those boardwalks behind Old Faithful, you'll just see like a park ranger sprinting. You'll be like, (laughs) what's he doing? And you know, he'll like, in his like running breath, he'll be like, we have geyser. Oh, this way. (laughs) Or, you know, he'll like try to explain, you know, what's what's going on in a different part of Geyser Hill. And so I mean there's there's a bunch of geysers bigger than old faithful. They're just less frequent or harder to predict. Yeah. And so you can get really lucky sometimes and see some amazing things. But you'll also be like I remember one of our first times as a family when our kids were really little. I remember walking past Grand Geyser and seeing like an old man and his wife like asleep on the benches. And I was just like, <laughs> what? <laughs> what are they doing? What a doing? weird place to take a nap. <laughs> and now I realize they're just like, nope, before we die, we're going to see Grand Geyser. Yeah, which is totally worth it. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah. And there's other ones. There's like Riverside Geyser and Daisy Geyser. And there's a whole bunch right there that actually are on a timer. Mm-hmm. Of some sort. Yes. So if you go into the visitor center there at Old Faithful, they will have all those predicted geysers up there on the board telling you when is the next eruption for those. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, a lot of times we will just plan. I mean, we've been to Yellowstone a lot. And so we're not like trying to get through the whole park on each visit. Right. You know, but there are a lot of times where we'll just plan a full day in old faithful area Mm -hmm. to try to catch as many of those geysers as we can. Right. And so that's a really fun activity. If you are just like so excited about the geysers in Yellowstone, then that area by far is the coolest place to just hang out and see what you can see. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why Old Faithful is probably my number one location. If I was to choose Old Faithful area, the surrounding little area right there is just incredible miraculous one one funny story before we move on past old faithful is there's another geyser back in there called beehive geyser Uh and beehive geyser is not necessarily on a schedule but what it has is it has like another little small little geysery thingy Mm -hmm. next to it that will start spewing when beehive geyser is going like getting ready to go off Mm -hmm. and so they will like if they see that little indicator geyser start spewing then they'll like put it over the pa system like beehive geyser is going to erupt in five minutes or whatever you know so like you never know how to time it we've been lucky enough we've seen it twice well at least i've seen it twice Mm -hmm. you didn't because we were potty training (laughs) the first time and our son had to go to the bathroom and we knew that beehive got like they had given us the indicator that it was going to go off but you know so and so our little son had to go to the bathroom of course right at that time so john's like running into the visitor center (laughs) trying to help him (laughs) and i'm running to the guys are like yay i don't have to be a parent right now i get to go see this I barely made it for that one. And that one's cool because it's like a an airplane engine. Mm-hmm. It's just like so funneled and the pressure is so high that it's just like, it's really loud and it shoots it really high. Yeah. Um, but then we did go back and we saw it again. Mm-hmm. Luck of all luck. That's yes. just what happens when you stay around that area so much. Yes. But we were on the opposite side. We were closer to the geyser this time and we got majorly soaked yeah by it yes and our five-year-old still talks about that mom remember that time that we got so wet and i dropped my hat and you had to run back in and get it (laughs) (laughs) and it was so cool and so like those are the experiences that we remember Mm -hmm. is like kind of those you know i like to have a plan but then also, I think that's why I like this area so much, because all my plan has to be is blocking out like eight hours <laughs> to be on Geyser Hill or in the Old Faithful area, just seeing what we can see. Yes. Oh, so, it is so much fun. Yeah. So, if, so- you're, if you're lucky enough to be there during Beehive Geyser, like that one is so cool. And the water wasn't hot. We got really 
really wet. Yeah, it's a cold geyser, and it was which is not crazy. Hot. Yeah, like even the plumbing underneath Old Faithful is so varied and diverse that there can even be boiling pots and cold water geysers. Yeah, so, it was so cool. It's amazing, and I'm just really glad that he didn't drop his pet in the bathroom yeah. and you know it was better that he dropped it at beehive geyser yeah yeah <laughs> so oh, cool so old faithful is found along the lower loop of yellowstone and so if you look at a map yellowstone basically has two loops you've got your lower loop and that's where you'll find most of the geyser activity and all of the you know, hot pots and things like that is along that lower loop. Mm -hmm. And then you've also got an upper loop that's more of like the wildlife and the scenery Mm -hmm. part of Yellowstone. And so I think, you know, we'll move around the lower loop for now, talking about all the geyser stuff, and then we'll move up to the upper loop and and talk more about the wildlife. So, So going around the loop from Old Faithful, if you go up just a few miles is when you'll hit Grand Prismatic Spring. Yeah. Going north from Old Faithful, baby. It's so exciting. Hitting that these geyser basins is so fun. And Grand Prismatic is spectacular. And I'm not overusing that word. It is <laughs> Everything so in Yellowstone cool. is spectacular. <laughs> yeah. Grand Prismatic is the largest hot spring in the park. Right. And so you definitely don't want to skip this one. You have a couple different options for seeing it. You can either walk the boardwalks right next to it. So you're like down right next to all the colors and, you know, you've got the steam in your face Mm -hmm. (laughs) type of experience. Or you can hike the Grand Prismatic Overlook Trail, which is one of the newest trails in Yellowstone. They just put that one in a couple years ago. Mm -hmm. Uh, But you can hike up there and then you can get a bird's eye view of the spring so that you can see, you know, how the colors all go out from each other and and all the bacterial mats and all that. So, you know, you get the big over overview of the spring. One of my favorite things about Grand Prismatic and We'll talk about this a little bit more in the Fun Facts episode, but it is one of the greatest examples of thermophiles anywhere in the park and how different colors represent different communities of organisms and things like that. And so as you look at Grand Prismatic, you know, it's not just, you know, a hot pool with different temperatures and, you know, a few different colors. It's a living I don't know necessarily breathing, but it's living thing (laughs) that is pretty darn incredible and it's gorgeous. And, you know, it's not just Grand Prismatic either right there. It's got Excelsior Geyser, which is probably the clearest blue color anywhere in the park. It's absolutely gorgeous. And I don't know, it's just so much fun exploring that place and especially going up onto the overlook and being like, oh. That's where I was walking? Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. So always definitely plan on a Grand Prismatic stop. Mm-hmm. That spot does get super busy. So and competitive so, for yeah, parking. We don't go there in the middle of the day ever mm-hmm. if we can avoid, you know, if we can help it. So keep that in mind. But um, moving, continuing around the lower loop, you know, the other really busy part that people want to see when they come to Yellowstone is the Grand Canyon of the Yellowstone. That's a really big must do for your first time in Yellowstone. Mm -hmm. Um, And you, you know, you're not in the geyser area at this point when you get over to Canyon, but uh, you've got some huge waterfalls, which I think, you know, the waterfalls in Yellowstone actually are incredibly impressive. They're so powerful. There's so many good, big waterfalls uh-huh. in Yellowstone. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, Canyon, Grand Canyon of the Yellowstone is the most famous waterfalls there you know is the upper and lower that you'll see there Mm -hmm. so you know as you move your way around the loop and you're heading to canyon village you know that's really what you're there to see is those big beautiful waterfalls yeah and you know i don't think there's very many proper viewpoints in yellowstone in some ways because there's not very it's not like you're overlooking a lot of things all the time in Yellowstone. A lot of things are really close up to you in Yellowstone. But I think my favorite proper viewpoint is Artist Point in the Grand Canyon area because it just, it frames the lower falls so beautifully, you know, among 
or amidst, I guess, however you want to say it, the yellow, the striking yellow canyon walls. And there's a little stripe of green inside the of the waterfall that is always there and is so pretty. But I don't know. I just think that is like the perfectly framed viewpoint in the park. Yeah. Artist Point is so gorgeous. You know, what's funny is my favorite viewpoint in the park is also in that area. It's not Artist Point, but Mm -hmm. you know, Artist Point is so impressive. But mine is if you can count it. I don't know if you can count it. (laughs) Actually, now that I'm thinking about it. Is it a proper viewpoint? (laughs) I don't know if it's a proper one because you actually have to hike to this one. But the, the brink of the lower falls. Yeah, that one is so cool. So I don't know if that really counts as like a proper viewpoint, but the canyon area of Yellowstone is just so powerful. Mm -hmm. And also, let's not forget to mention, I'm pretty sure that's where Yellowstone got its name. (laughs) (laughs) Besides all the bacterial mads and stuff, but like every time we go to the Grand Canyon or the Yellowstone, I'm like, the rocks are so yellow here. They're so yellow. Oh my gosh. Stones, if you will. (laughs) The stones are so yellow here. Yes. But like that whole canyon is just this big, beautiful canyon with a giant river, giant waterfalls, and like yellow stone. Mm-hmm. It's so cool. And you're standing, uh, the the brink of the lower falls is actually my favorite proper hike. In... <laughs> <laughs> it is a hike. It's not yes, easy. It's, it's not, not an easy viewpoint to There are so many to. boardwalks and like... And things in Yellowstone that I feel like this one's one of my favorite proper hikes where you get a good bead of sweat going down your back, you know, as you're making your way back up the trail. But as you stand, you're just, oh, it's incredible. So much water is just pouring over the cliff right next to you. And you're just looking down this vast canyon. And I don't know, it just, it's so unlike most places. The Grand Canyon itself has some yellow rock, but it's mixed in with a whole lot of other colors. The Grand Canyon of the Yellowstone is so one solid yellow that it's just like, whoa, it's like you're walking into Willy Wonka's world, you know, and I don't know if they're just the whole canyon wall is full of everlasting gobstoppers. I don't know (laughs) exactly like, but it's just so I don't know. It looks like candy, cotton candy or something. I don't know. But yellow. But yellow. Yellow (laughs) cotton candy. I don't think so. Don't eat the yellow cotton candy. It's just yellow. (laughs) But I think, yeah, I think what's cool. I So I really like the brink of the lower falls. And that one is a harder hike because you're working your way down to the waterfall. Mm -hmm. And then you stand above the water. You know, you're right where the waterfall goes over the over the cliff. Mm -hmm. And it's like a 300 foot waterfall. And then it has like the stripe of green, like down the waterfall. Mm -hmm. And so actually, if you look at pictures of the lower falls, you can see that stripe of green, even from artist point, right, you know, Um, so it's really cool to see that up close. And then, uh, you know, there's other viewpoints there there's another hike red rock falls that's similar to uncle tom's which Mm -hmm. is another popular hike over there but yeah there's there's some really good hiking trails in that area a lot of work yeah a lot of it's going down and then coming (laughs) straight back up but yeah that's a really cool area if you're like wanting to see something besides geysers you know i think we don't put as much emphasis on the waterfalls in yellowstone Mm -hmm. but they are so impressive yeah and there's so many of them there's such a there's water everywhere and it's so cool and i actually so one of my favorite i wanted to share this about the canyon area because i think it illustrates we've talked about this before ash and i how the food in yellowstone is not always that good no i don't i don't like eating in yellowstone (laughs) and but i've told ash before because we do we do like a, a dining guide and it seems like every four or five years after restaurants and national parks have had enough bad reviews they just changed their name and so (laughs) if you work for the national park service i'm sorry to say this but it's not the national park service it's the concessionaires oh it's all the concessionaires yes but the the grand canyon area just went through a brand new renaming of everything so all the restaurants are fresh and the food sucks just as bad (laughs) so Maybe it's gotten better. We we can we'll give them the benefit of the doubt with their rebrand. Sure, go try it out. <laughs> um, yeah, we don't love Yellowstone food. It's not great. My favorite. Oh, my favorite. Not in the park. Oh, 
<laughs> See? I know. Tangent, West Yellowstone has this pizza place called Wild West Pizza. Uh-huh. And they have a... Oh, yes. Do you remember? Mm-hmm. We've ordered this pizza. It's called the Butch Cassidy. And it has pulled pork and baked beans. On the pizza. On the pizza. So it was good. like... I, I mean, it was really good. It wasn't like normal pizza. Mm-mm. It was really good. It was unique. And so, yes, we typically eat in West Yellowstone right. when we're visiting Yellowstone because neither of us are huge fans of any of the food. We've tried some of the nicer restaurants there too. Most of them, mm-hmm. actually. I think we've eaten at pretty much every restaurant there. And I just like, I just don't love it. Yeah. There's a lot of restaurants, so many restaurants throughout Yellowstone and they all get renamed every five years. <laughs> there's a few that I really like. There's one I like one in Mammoth a lot. And I'll get, I'll talk about that in a little bit. But, Do you? Um, but, oh, I was thinking I didn't like Well, Mammoth it's not either. even that I like it so much. I'll just say what it is. It's the, uh, I think it's the Mammoth Terrace Grill. Oh, and it was like a $5 hamburger, yeah, which is like, like the cheapest thing you can get in Yellowstone. <laughs> and it was okay. Yeah. And it's just the best value of any food. Yeah. <laughs> it's actually filling your proper hamburger. The fries are good-ish. And you spend very little money for it. And so it's just like, you know what? I'll give it to this place. Yeah. I like this one. Don't <laughs> rename it. Keep the name. Uh, the the uh, Roosevelt I mean, can do like horseback rides to the chuck wagon dinner. Ooh, yeah. That one's like the exception. Yeah. That one. That one's good. But yeah. Anyway, tangent. Tangent to the food. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, on the lower loop, you're really talking about mostly Old Faithful and Canyon Village. You know, those are the main areas that you're going to want to hit. But there's so many in between. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, another one kind of over by Canyon is Mud Volcano area. That one is like a stinky, smelly, fun, bubbly, energetic part of the park. So we love that. Um, You've got Hayden Valley right there, which is a good place to try your luck at seeing wildlife. You know, we don't spend a ton of time in Hayden Valley because we always just go up to Lamar Valley on the Northern Loop. So we'll talk more about that. But if you only have like a day in the park, you know, you're, you're going to want to focus on that lower loop. Yes. And do, you know, make sure you get to Old Faithful, make sure you get to Canyon Village, drive through Hayden Valley and see what you can see, because that's a really good spot to see wildlife, especially buffalo. Mm-hmm. We almost always get stuck in buffalo jams kind of around that mud volcano Hayden Valley area. Yeah, they like to hang out by the river and everything down there. It's yeah. awesome. They got a really nice little valley. That's why it's called the Hayden Valley. But yeah, it's so pretty. And we, it's, I don't know, it's just something really cool when you see a herd of bison crossing a river. It just seems so wild. I love it. Yeah. It, it's a lot of fun. And just the whole mud volcano area, not to get stuck up on this area for too long, but the mud volcano area it, for me is like an example of how wild and alive Yellowstone still is. Because I think that's the youngest part of Yellowstone. Oh, like, really? Yeah, that whole area right there was basically created and blew up out of a hill in 1870. And so... That's right. I I was not thinking in those time frames, but yeah, that, that's true. Yeah. It's pretty recent as yes. far as Yellowstone <laughs> yeah. goes. I think the story goes like the, the one of the expeditions that was exploring the area, they were kind of somewhat camped out nearby. And then all of a sudden they just hear these giant booms and the earth is literally shaking underneath them and so they of course as brave as as smart as they can be they decide to go towards those booms i don't know if the earth was shaking underneath me i might go the other way but they (laughs) they walked towards the booms to see what was going on and literally mud volcano was bursting out of this mountain and oh my gosh i just can't imagine it would have been so cool but just goes to show that area is still alive yellowstone is alive and changing every day anywhere like i don't know yellowstone seems kind of developed with roads and restaurants and hotels and you know there's even like a car repair shop but like if yellowstone wanted it could get rid of all of that really easily because just with a few explosions, if the earth just burped a little bit, all of that would be gone and, you know, it would just be so crazy. So I just, I love Mud Volcano because it just, it illustrates how active the whole area is. 
Yeah, and it smells super bad. Yeah. Like that's the best place to go if you want if you want your kids to remember the smell of sulfur and the smell of Yellowstone, <laughs> take them to Mud Volcano. And it's fun cuz like the mud is bubbling, mm-hmm. you know, and then you've got Dragon's Mouth, which is like, oh, it's so cool. The water comes in and out and the steam comes in and out like mm-hmm. like a dragon is breathing. So that is really fun. And then I would also say, you know, if you're if you have enough time to spend multiple days down on the lower loop aside from the places we've already talked about you'll want to add in like the west thumb which is another geyser basin but it's right on the shore of yellowstone lake Mm -hmm. and so that's really unique you know you've got the geysers in the lake Mm -hmm. (laughs) which is really cool um and then one of my favorite trails in the park is the storm point trail yeah that one's neat it's different than most things that you see but it's a really good way to see Yellowstone Lake and it gets almost like sand dunes. It oh, looks like sand yeah, dunish right. mm-hmm. <laughs> down right by the lake. And so you've got like some cliffs and some sand dune looking things and, and then you've got this beautiful big lake. So that's one of my favorite like if you're looking for something quiet to do, there's not very many people. You'll probably see more bears or buffalo (laughs) than Mm -hmm. you will people. That's a really cool trail, too. So to kind of round out that lower loop, you know, you've got those main areas that a lot of people go to and a lot of people want to see. But there are a lot of smaller places you can also add in to find some some more off the beaten path or, you know, some more solitude (laughs) in that park. So that pretty much rounds out the lower loop. I mean, obviously, there's so much more we could talk about. So much more. Uh, I mean, we could talk about Yellowstone. We could make a whole podcast around Yellowstone, probably. (laughs) Oh, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) So that doesn't even really begin to hit all of the, you know, things that you need to know for each of those places. But it's a good overview as to kind of what your day or days would look like along the lower loop. So let's jump up to kind of the upper loop area of the park or the northern part of the park. Mm-hmm. Um, so driving around from like Canyon. So if you look at a map of Yellowstone, there is a road that goes like right in between both loops. Mm-hmm. And so that's the road from like, so you've got West Yellowstone, you've got Madison, Norris Canyon, and then kind of out to like Fishing Bridge and then out to Cody eventually. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so that road is kind of the middle of the park. If you can stay along that road, or we really like West Yellowstone because it's close to the middle of the park. Yeah, we, that's good. our ideal location to stay pretty much anywhere along that road. But I think our favorite gateway town to Yellowstone would be West Yellowstone. It just makes it so easy because mm-hmm. a lot of the other gateway towns, you know, if you're going to stay, like if you want to spend time in the southern part of the park, you know, you can stay down there and just do the southern part, but then I would move lodging to the northern part to see the northern part because mm-hmm. a lot of people don't realize just how massive Yellowstone is. And how long it takes to get from place to place because you're not going 70 miles an hour. Right. I mean, it, it it's a good amount of driving. And so, yeah, so we'll either do like West Yellowstone if we don't want to move around our lodging. Um, We will camp in the park. We've camped in the park a lot. Mm -hmm. It's just, you know, if we're not staying along that main middle road, then we'll break it up between like staying in the south and staying in the north. Yes, exactly. Because and coming in from West Yellowstone really isn't that, I mean, it takes a little bit of time, but generally speaking, it doesn't take that long to commute into the park, basically, unless, unless... So if you've ever driven into Yellowstone National Park from West Yellowstone, then you have to travel through the Madison area and you generally go up past like little uh, Gibbon Falls and that kind of area. But and you follow the river for a while. And I think most people, I don't know, there's like this term of kind of like legend. It's like this legendary term, the great white buffalo. You know, everybody's as they're entering Yellowstone, they're all looking for that great white buffalo because white buffalo are uh, considered kind of sacred to Native American peoples. Well, as you enter the Madison area, you're, you're approaching the Madison area. There's not the great white buffalo, but there is always the great one buffalo. And I don't know if Ash knows what I'm trying to hit at here. <laughs> I mean, but... <laughs> I don't look for a great white buffalo when I go to Yellowstone. <laughs> That's true. There are great white buffalo out there, but... I think so. I remember when I was in college, I referred to it as like the girl that got away. The great white buffalo. That's what we... (laughs) 
<laughs> That's what we always refer to the girl that got away as. She's the great white buffalo. That's um, weird. Um, yeah. Okay, but the great one buffalo. I don't. <laughs> the great one buffalo. And so you have a friend specific that has shared her experience of getting stuck in traffic going into the Madison area from West Yellowstone for like six hours. Yeah. And oh my gosh. So, this, but that's what bad timing can do. And sometimes you just can't avoid it because of the buffalo. Yeah, exactly. But what's so funny <laughs> is that is not the area where you see large herds of buffalo. That is usually where you see the great one buffalo <laughs> that literally piles up traffic for himself. He is like the Instagram <laughs> influencer buffalo that's just like posing for everybody to stop traffic he's the one that keeps everybody from getting where they want to on time it's the one buffalo that somebody stops in the middle of the road puts their flashers on and like stops traffic for seven miles you know? oh my gosh that stretch <laughs> that stretch of road from west yellowstone like up through you go through madison and kind of up towards norris i feel like like every time i have to drive that i have to like give myself a pep talk <laughs> to get through it because it's just like uh, I know that this is like this is where everybody enters the park and you know they're all so excited to see wildlife mm -hmm. that you know yeah the one buffalo that's uh, down by the river whatever you know like everybody has to stop for that because they haven't seen anything yet so they're super excited so mm -hmm. I understand that but as a repeat visitor to Yellowstone that is like the most painful stretch of road <laughs> in that park uh-huh if you get stuck behind somebody you just know it's just like i know there is one buffalo taking a nap and everybody has just stopped and if it's you if you're the first one driving in the morning you're cruising along you see a buffalo you're just like tunnel vision eyes straight forward <laughs> don't look nobody look out the window don't we, look at this buffalo we never stop for just one buffalo <laughs> do not stop for the great one buffalo <laughs> Yeah, no, that really that stretch of road like gives me anxiety because I always know it's going to like double or triple the amount of time it usually should take mm -hmm. to drive yes. from oh West Yellowstone over to Madison or Norris. Yeah, we, we always get out early enough to hopefully avoid most of that. But it's like people along that stretch of road, they lose all reason when driving there it's like they're so excited to be in yellowstone and so excited to see something it but it is it's painful it's, it's painful but people just like they just like stop in the middle of the road mm -hmm. and you can't get around and people are out of their vehicles just walking down the road and blocking all the traffic and <laughs> can you tell that i i love that area of the park oh my gosh <laughs> it's very pretty and there's like it, there, there is some small little valleys, you know, that are actually pretty picturesque. And that's usually where the one buffalo and a couple of elk might hang out. And it's, you know, it's got some beautiful grasses and a little river and everything. So it's pretty picturesque. It's like it's a false summit is really what it is, because you really want to get beyond that to get into Yellowstone and, and things get bigger and better. And, and it's so cool. But it's the false summit that just captures the attention of, you know, the, the first time visitors that are just so excited to see anything yeah. any wildlife and so any any chance of seeing one animal is just like first of all it is magical and i cannot blame them for being like oh, that's the first buffalo i've ever seen in my whole life and so yes you should stop but you find a parking hurry, spot hurry, please take your picture <laughs> and get back in the car and get back up to you shouldn't even get out of your car just roll down the window take your picture or find a parking spot. Yes. Um. This is this is this is our advice of many many trips. We know that buffalo is amazing. It's the first one you've seen, but there is so much more waiting for you just beyond the river bend. Like <laughs> what's that what's that song? Just beyond the river bend? Yeah, that's the There's song. There's 20 more <laughs> just around the river bend. <laughs> uh, Don't stop your car. <laughs> Let us all drive free. <laughs> this is Ash, the great Willow. Grandmother Willow is whispering to you through the podcast. Don't stop your car, dear. Keep driving. Yeah, they probably wish I sounded like Grandmother Willow. My voice is a little more uh, stern. 
Oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, anyway, so that, yeah, that we do usually stay in West Yellowstone and we do usually have to make that drive. But if you're coming in from West Yellowstone and you're wanting to get to the northern part of the park, you'll pass by Norris. Mm-hmm. And Norris is one of those places that I think a lot of people don't know a lot about. It's not one of the most popular spots in the park, mm-hmm. but it should be. Oh, it's incredible. <laughs> it's it's the hottest part of Yellowstone, first of all. And so when you get up in there, it's just like, it's so hot. You can tell. I mean, the what you see is different than any of the other geyser basins. The colors are different. The steam, there's just so much more steam. Mm-hmm. Um, you can feel the heat coming out of the ground. I mean, it's hot. So this is literal, though. It's not just... It is the hottest part of the park. And there's a story. There's a park ranger a few years ago that she was hiking along the trail, kind of doing her patrol. And she noticed that she could smell. It's not the typical smell you smell in Yellowstone, which is kind of the sulfury, you know, the bog of eternal stench, you know, that kind of a smell. What she smelled was maple syrup. Okay. And what that signifies is that the trees are literally cooking. And so they're kind of bubbling out their sap and so she realized she was like i better stop here and take some ground temperature measurements and she put the thermometer or whatever the instruments they use they put them into the trail and just like two to three centimeters below the surface of the trail it was 200 degrees oh my god and so they had to close down that trail for like a couple of weeks until things kind of normalized again but it is the hottest part of the park and trees will literally boil in their own sap in places like this and so it's so cool so my favorite thing about norris is the colors um so if you walk along the porcelain basin that's where you'll see most of those colors that are unique from really anywhere else Mm -hmm. so you don't get like the big well, I mean, you do get some of this too, but like the big vibrant colors of other geyser basins around Yellowstone, mm-hmm. it really is like it's very pastel-y colors. You've got a lot of like pastel greens and blues and pinks and stuff. And anyway, so just the color of the water, it's almost like if you've seen like the glacial silt mm-hmm. that you'll find in like glacial lakes and rivers up, you know, Glacier National Park or places right. like that, you know, it's kind of like that. But in Yellowstone and these pools, it's just like it's got like the silty look mm-hmm. and and it is so pretty. So I love that. And I love all the steam and just like all the activity in that area, there's a lot of like steam that's coming out of the side of the hill. And and Steamboat Geyser. Yeah. And then Steamboat Geyser is yes. at Norris Basin. <laughs> the tallest, the biggest, the most amazing geyser in the world. The highest geyser. It will erupt over 300 feet into the air. So you'll see signs at the parking lot for Norris saying, you know, park your car at your own risk. <laughs> because if Steamboat erupts, then it will you know, send that minerally water mm-hmm. <laughs> and acidic water or whatever it is, you know, um, that can actually damage vehicles and stuff. It will send it out into that parking lot. Now, I have to say, I actually, I hate Steamboat Geyser <laughs> because <laughs> you're jealous. I'm so jealous <laughs> that Geyser is not on a schedule. You never know when it's going to go off. We stop at Norris every single trip yep every single trip we're like we gotta go to norris we park and we pray that it's the day that we're going to see steamboat geyser (laughs) so we have stopped by steamboat geyser what so many times Mm -hmm. and like it will it will like steam and stuff like it's still cool to see but i've never actually seen it erupt your brothers have which is the worst part of it all because (laughs) how many times have my brothers been to yellowstone i don't know like twice yeah so many less times than us and and in fact they didn't even know that steamboat geyser was really there and we told them about it we're like well when you go you know you've got to stop and see if you can see steamboat well what do you know like the one time that they go to go see steamboat it's erupting it's erupting (laughs) and they send us like pictures and videos and i'm just like in the corner fuming mad so you've got to be freaking kidding me we've tried to see that geyser so many times 
what a charmed life. Gosh. Ash is sitting in the corner sending middle finger emojis back with their texts. I was really nice and I was like, congratulations, but I'm like dying inside. I was so sad. I have not seen Steamboat Geyser erupt. We've been there close to like eruption days. Like it's like maybe we should just like camp out. Mm-hmm. I feel like we should just camp out at Norris and as soon as we like hear something, you know, and we'll just stay there for like the whole summer. Right. That would be awesome. Totally <laughs> worth it. And as soon as we leave, it'll erupt. Yeah. Uh, oh like my those, gosh. Those signs that people put up in factories, 19 days since last incident kind of a thing. And as soon as we leave, it'll go back to zero yeah. the day we leave. I'm pretty mad at Steamboat, but it's there. So definitely go stop by. Uh, yes. Hopefully you're luckier than we are and you'll get to see it. Even if just to see it in its steam phase or something like that, you know, it's still really impressive just steaming and squirting every once in a while. So yeah. it's pretty cool. Yeah. Norris is just one of those. Not a lot of people know about it. It does get busy still but like it's not one of those like places that you hear people talk about all the time so Mm -hmm. that's definitely a really cool place to stop right plus it's named after chuck (laughs) is it (laughs) absolutely (laughs) the biggest geyser named after (laughs) chuck norris uh, who was named first actually (laughs) (laughs) um if you keep going around the upper loop past Norris, that's when you start getting into like all the really pretty parts of Yellowstone. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, that's when you start seeing more big mountains in the distance. A lot Um, more vistas and views going up north. Yeah, you've got some, you've got some really good like meadows that you'll pass by where you'll see it's good for wildlife sightings. Mm -hmm. We usually see elk kind of up in there. And then you get to Mammoth Hot Springs. Right. Which is a super cool part of Yellowstone. Oh, I love Mammoth Hot Springs. I feel like it's one of the only geyser areas that you can literally see from so far away. You can see it in the distance. Like I feel like a lot of geyser basins are kind of tucked in trees and things like that. But Mammoth Hot Springs literally has taken over the side of a mountain. And it has upper and lower terraces and you just have all of these oh it's it's just amazing like if as you come at it from the east so if you're driving from like lamar valley and heading back towards mammoth hot springs you can see it in the distance and it's literally like a city on a hill kind of a thing it's just a terrace on a hill it's incredible i love seeing it from the distance it's so big and I don't know. I, it, Mammoth Hot Springs is one of the more historic areas of the park too, because it was the it's the headquarters of the park, and it was where people first entered when the park was established, right? Yeah. So Mammoth is different. Is it does have some geothermal activity, like mm-hmm. you said. You know, it's coming down the the mountainside, and it's super pretty. But you won't get like geysers and and hot pools and stuff. You know, in right. that area, it's it's the terracing and the water deposits and and mm-hmm. the eating away of the mountain. So yeah, that's super cool. But yeah, so the north entrance, which you have the town of Gardner right outside of the north entrance, mm-hmm. and uh, that town has a lot of fun stuff you can do. It's it's small. But if you're hoping to spend a lot of your time in the northern part of the park, it's a good place to stay. Mm -hmm. And then from there, that's where you find the Roosevelt Arch as you're coming into the park from Gardner. Yeah. And the Roosevelt Arch is the historic entrance to Yellowstone. It's the original entrance to Yellowstone, right? And so that's where most people would have come in when Yellowstone was first made a national park. Right. And so that kind of marks that. And then you get into Mammoth Hot Springs, which like a lot of the, it is the park headquarters and the park buildings that they use Mm -hmm. like to, to manage Yellowstone where, you know, where everybody is, the superintendent's office, all that, like all the national park service, like main stuff for Yellowstone Mm -hmm. is all housed in the old Fort Yellowstone buildings. And some of like the old barracks too, right? Yeah. So this is like the area where when Yellowstone was like first established and even a little bit before that and stuff like they actually sent the army to Yellowstone to protect it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, protect it from poachers and protect it from what was happening at the time. And so the army 
actually was stationed right there in Mammoth. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so there's a lot of really cool older buildings. You can actually do a walking tour right there if you're really interested in the history of, you know, Yellowstone becoming a national park and, and seeing what those converted buildings actually used to be. So it is, it's a really cool area. It's the more historic part of the park. And it's it's just really cool to to enter the park from the arch. Yeah, same then, way Teddy Roosevelt would have. Yeah, and then go up into that historic area. And then, of course, you've got all the beautiful terracing down the mountain. Oh, it's so beautiful. And one of my favorite things to see, I, I love to visit Mammoth in the fall because the elk are just overrunning the place it's so cool you get to see all the mamas and their babies running around and then you get to see these crazy huge male elk that have these massive racks on their heads and they're just bugling and it is so pretty i remember we were in the campground up there and i think one of our kids i think we were eating lunch or something like that and we just hear this crazy bugle and i like open up the the door to the trailer and just like Two campsites away is this massive bull elk, and he's just going crazy bugling right there, and it was so awesome. It was so cool. That, Yeah, Mammoth is the best place to go in the fall if you want to see and hear the bugling elk. Yes, or get hit by an elk if you get too close. So yeah. do not get too... Stay, keep your distance away from them. They are preoccupied doing their own thing. And if you get in their way, they will not be happy about it. So they will take it out on you. So stay away from the elk, but just enjoy the view. They are amazing. Yeah, yeah. That I love Mammoth for that reason. And, you know, it, that whole area up there in the north. So from Mammoth... You keep driving, if you keep driving east along the park road, that's when you hit the Lamar Valley. Right. And the Lamar Valley is just <laughs> unmatched oh. for its wildlife and the wildlife viewing that you can do up there. I mean, there are people who plan just to come to Yellowstone, just to go to the Lamar Valley mm -hmm. to see what they can see, you know. So if you're a big wildlife enthusiast, there's no better place than any national park than the Lamar Valley. Yeah, I've said it before and I'll keep saying it. Yellowstone is the true American safari and Lamar Valley is where everything happens. It's all there. There is no better place in the park for you to see everything that you're that you could imagine. There's all different types of creatures. You have all the ungulates, you like the the bison, the bighorn sheep, you've got the elk, you have pronghorn, you've got all of those big veggie eaters, you know, and then you can also have the chance to see a lot of the predators too. You know, that area is where you have the best chance of seeing wolves. And that is the coolest thing. I love going up there. I still have not really seen one very close because they're kind of timid and they like to stay a little bit further away from the road. But we have seen wolves up there and we've seen bears up there and it is so much fun. I love driving along there and it's cool because it's kind of like what I was saying about Old Faithful where you get to enjoy it with a bunch of people. You can always tell when somebody sees something in the Lamar Valley because there's always a clump of cars, you know, and they're all excited and telling each other, oh, we saw two bears. Look over there. Point your spotting scopes over there. You can see lots of cool things. And everybody's helping everybody, you know, see the cool wildlife that you can see up there. Yeah, my favorite. So I remember for my birthday, even just, I think it was just a couple years back, all I wanted to do was go to Yellowstone and see wolves and drive the Beartooth Highway. Uh-huh. And that's what we did for my birthday. And like, I was so, I was going to be so devastated if we didn't see wolves. We had seen wolves in the Lamar Valley before. Mm -hmm. And the cool thing is like, you can see the wolves year round. Yes. And, you know, it doesn't even, I mean, it can even be in the middle of the day during the summer. I mean, you just like never know. Mm -hmm. um, and so, <laughs> so we had seen them before and then we went for my birthday and we saw wolves yeah. again. And so it was just like the best birthday ever. <laughs> and then we drove the Beartooth Highway, which is just right outside. You go out the northeast entrance of Yellowstone. And then that connects to the Beartooth Highway, which is like great American highway. Have to drive it. It's so beautiful and just so cool. So definitely do that while you're up there too. But yeah, that was like 
the best birthday in the history of birthdays <laughs> wolves and the Beartooth highway in yellowstone it was pretty incredible it was a great birthday and it wasn't even mine i <laughs> loved it it was so much fun I, the Beartooth highway blew me away you know when we did that it was incredible and you know there's so many I, I didn't realize how high those mountains are and how high that road takes you it takes you so high to the top of that to the top of stuff and it's just it's just gorgeous but seeing it with wolves and having it be part of that full day it was just incredible. And I think the wolves that day, I think they were a lot closer than we expected. I they think were we saw like closer. one wolf just like patrolling pretty close by. Yeah, there was a, he was a, he was a dark, yeah. a dark coat, which always makes a difference when makes you're trying to, to see, see them. But yeah, he was just, he wasn't that far off the road and he was just, yeah, he was just working his way around. You can see wolves. There's a, the, it's the Slough Creek pack. Hmm. And so if you go kind of down by the Slough Creek campground, kind of in that area too, they do move around, you know, they're not always in the same area. Their den isn't always in the same area, but yeah, we've had good luck seeing them there, but mostly, yeah, you just kind of drive until you see a big group of people with their spotting scopes out and you definitely want your own spotting scope or binoculars if you're hoping to see wolves because a lot of times they are pretty far away. Right. Yeah. One of my favorite things that I didn't realize was one of my favorite things until we were kind of stuck in a bison jam up near the Yellowstone area is like, I think before I heard it, I had no idea what sound a buffalo made. You know, I just kind of yeah. assumed they made kind of a mooing sound, kind of like a cow. <laughs> but They're they so offended by that. <laughs> But it is so different. They call it the yellow, they call it like a buffalo or a bison bellowing is what they call it. And they have like this, the deepest guttural blurt is all I can say is what it is. It's so cool. Ash actually does a really good impersonation of a buffalo. (laughs) (laughs) Was that close? That was was right on the head. It's pretty scary actually, like, because I've videotaped bison jams that we've gotten stuck in Mm -hmm. and i'll like be holding my camera out and then you'll hear it like off to the side of you it's just like oh oh my gosh (laughs) yeah they're really loud like they sound pretty mean Mm -hmm. yeah and most of them are mamas most of them are mean mamas they're crossing the road and like bossing their kids around what are you doing over there (laughs) (laughs) they do it's so cool i have to say so one of my favorite hikes in yellowstone is up in the lamar valley it's the the lamar Lamar river trail Trail. yeah and the reason that i like this hike so there's not really like a set destination i mean there's a few different places that you can go along this trail but the reason that i like it is a it just like it feels really wild because you're just out in the middle of this valley and you know how many big animals are out there. B, the views are just beautiful. You're following the river. You're in the actual Lamar Valley. Mm-hmm. You know, and then C, it's kind of like a choose your own adventure because you don't have to go that far if you don't want to. You mm-hmm. can branch off a couple places. There's some trails, some other trails up in that area. Um, that connect to the Lamar River Trail. So that's fun. (laughs) And I have to tell you, I don't know if you know this, but that trail terrifies me. (laughs) And the reason that the Lamar River Trail terrifies me is because I can't think of a time that we've hiked that trail where we've like actually been able to get to where we were planning to get to. Right. Because Sometimes you don't have a choice about how far you can go. There's so many buffalo around there. And you can see like the big, huge, because they like, they burrow into the dirt and roll around and stuff. And so you can see like their big burrows or their big like rut marks. I don't know what you call them mm-hmm. um, down in the dirt. So you're like passing these as you're hiking and you're just wondering like, okay, when are we going to find the herd? Because they always hang out around there. Mm-hmm. And I remember like one time we hiked it, it was like, We got to, because there's like a part of the trail where you can kind of go up on a little hill and we wanted to go up there, but we like went around the corner and there's like this huge buffalo herd right there. (laughs) And we just like look at each other. We're like, I guess our trail is over, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, because you don't want to hike down in there. And then plus like we've hiked it before where it was clear when we went 
through and then on the way back we can see the buffalo like working their way towards the trail uh-huh. like knowing that oh we gotta hoof it because if we don't <laughs> go fast these buffalo are gonna like block us in oh yeah we're not gonna be able to finish our trail so that trail is so cool to me but at the same time it terrifies me because i always feel like i'm gonna get stranded out there with the buffalo uh-huh. <laughs> Yes. Well, it's not just the buffalo, too. Do you remember what else, what other uh, prints we found out there or what we didn't know what we were looking at? So I remember the first time we did that trail, we kept seeing like these holes in the ground and we're like, what is this from? It wasn't the big buffalo ones where they kind of wallow. It was smaller, but like deeper underneath some plants. And I remember it was took us a while, but we finally figured it out. I think we had to ask a ranger. It was bears digging for roots. Oh, yeah. 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 And so there's tons of creatures out there. You never know what you're going to find when you go over that hill. You know, for us, it was like the buffalo and it's like (laughs) on Dumb and Dumb. Big gulps, huh? Well, see you later. You know, (laughs) all right. This is as far as we're going. Big gulps, huh? See you later. We just turn around and go back to the car because we definitely not, you know, trying to get our way through a buffalo herd or if you see a bear or something just turn right around and head back to the car man snap your picture do not linger yeah yeah that's part of the adventure of it that's what i love about the lamar valley so i mean i would say i think both of us you know it's hard to choose a favorite area of yellowstone because there's so many different Mm -hmm. different things that you can see but you know if you're choosing like a non-geyser area as being your favorite I think both of us would agree it has to be the Lamar Valley. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Easy and number two, definitely a contender for number one. Yeah. So it's just too cool. It's amazing. It's so many things that you can see that you can't, that that, make, that are so hard to see other places. I think that's what it is. It's that for me, it's like the ease of seeing hard to see animals. Yeah. At the Lamar Valley. Yeah, because, you know, you see, you'll see the buffalo, you'll see the wolves, you'll see the bears. But in addition to that, I mean, we've seen bighorn sheep, we've seen mountain goats, we've seen pronghorn. Mm-hmm. You know, you do really see a lot of really big, cool animals yeah. in there. So Absolutely. Bald eagles along the river, that yeah. kind of stuff. There's just so many cool things. That now, it see. is worth noting that the Lamar Valley area was really hard hit by the floods in Yellowstone. In right. 2022 Oof. and so <laughs> they have since then actually they've gotten the roads open and stuff but do just you know expect that there may be some delays or something along those lines as you're traveling the northern part of the park because that's really where the flooding hit the hardest so lamar valley uh, the mammoth hot springs area you know the road that you're driving from gardner to mammoth like that road now is a road that was a back road. (laughs) It wasn't the main road into the park. They actually had to do a lot of work on it to get it so that people could actually drive into the park from that side. Mm -hmm. And so (laughs) for the next few years, I would anticipate, you know, there is going to be construction up there. They are going to be doing things as they rebuild from uh, the problems that they had from that flooding event in 2022. So do keep that in mind, but it's open. It's open. They did it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Six months later, they like somehow got those roads back open, which is incredible. That is incredible. So for the next few years, bring your binoculars and your patience. Yeah. And I mean, there's not as many amenities up in that area, you know, as you're driving through Lamar Valley and stuff and and going out the Northeast entrance, you know, Cook City is really small. Right. There's really not much there. And so already, like when you're in the northern part of the park, you're going to want to have enough food and water and stuff with you. You know, the bathrooms are a little fewer and harder to get to. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, you just want to you want to plan for a different experience than you experience down in the southern loop where there's just a lot more infrastructure and a lot more people right definitely different experiences between the northern loop and the southern loop and totally different infrastructure available to you yeah so then as you're going as the lamar valley you know you're kind of rounding out that northern loop so you start heading down south again and that's when you'll hit tower fall which is amazing yeah it's pretty that's a darn huge cool. waterfall it's super cool and you can get ice cream there which is fun and then if you keep going down that's when you go over dunraven pass which is the highest point in yellowstone that you can drive by road mm-hmm. and so you'll go up you're up in the mountains up there that's where the washburn trail is that's really 
really popular if you're looking for like a longer day hike. Mm-hmm. It's not too long. I think like five miles somewhere around To the top there. of Mount Washburn? Yeah. That one was a cool one though. It's really neat. That one is cool. I feel like, you know, that's kind of like the, the go-to if you're going to do a longer hike in Yellowstone. Most people think of Mount Washburn first. Mm-hmm. You think that it's a cool one, but like it's busy. It it's is really busy. busy. Yeah. And so it's cool. I I don't know. <laughs> I felt like, yeah, yeah, it's good to do. It's good to do once. You won't be disappointed. Yeah. But it is. it does feel a little bit busier than some of the other trails in mm-hmm. the park. So, exactly. Yeah. So when you get to the top, it's really pretty. You've got great views. You're looking out like towards the Grand Canyon of the Yellowstone and stuff out the one direction. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's really cool. But that road itself is like worth the drive because it's the highest point that you can drive. So you get a lot of really pretty mountain views out that way. Mm -hmm. And then you just meet up with Canyon, which, you know, takes you back to the middle of the park. And there you have it. You've covered the South and the North loops. Yeah. One thing that's really kind of neat, though, that you'll notice as you're driving around both these loops is for the most part, I think most of the park is covered in a lot of lodgepole pine forests and as you're driving around the the park loops you'll notice that a lot of the times you'll see like burn scars and you'll see areas where wildfire has come through and it's kind of cool to see and to notice how like different areas have recovered and they're at different points of recovery like you'll have baby trees and then you'll have like really thick stands of meat like I don't know, teenager trees. And then you have some really beautiful, bigger forests in certain areas. And I think some of those bigger forests are in kind of the Dunraven Pass area. And I don't know, I just think it's really cool because Yellowstone, it's so volcanic, but it's also got like a really cool fire cycle. And if you kind of notice that as you're driving around both of these loops, you'll see how fire has a big role in Yellowstone's ecology. And so for me, that's something that's pretty interesting that I really enjoyed. Yeah, it's amazing all the different things that you see as you drive through Yellowstone. Yeah. So hopefully this episode was a good intro to Yellowstone. I can't call it anything else than an intro because Mm -hmm. we literally could talk about this for hours, all the different stops and all the different things you can see. But, you know, if you can hit those main areas, especially as a first-time visitor... You will be so pleased mm-hmm. with what you've seen and what you've been able to do in America's first national park. So now you might be wondering, you know, what do I do with all this information, especially if you're hoping to actually make it real life vacation that your family takes. So I do have a full like Yellowstone itinerary. People love this itinerary because it just helps you get through the park so well. I make sure to, you know, let you know if there's other cool like smaller stops in between the bigger stops that you don't want to miss. Things that we didn't even mention today. So many things we didn't even mention. (laughs) So, you know, if you're looking for more of a plan, then definitely check out the Yellowstone itinerary on Dirt in My Shoes. Also, if you're looking for more trip planning help, you'll find that over on YouTube. I'm going to start adding a lot more trip planning stuff to YouTube to answer those common questions that a lot of people have when they're trying to just figure out what they want to do and, and, you know, make a trip happen. Mm -hmm. So definitely check that out. But I mean, we have so much knowledge of Yellowstone above and beyond (laughs) what most people have just because we can't stay away. I know we love, sometimes I feel like, should we go somewhere else for a vacation? You know, but no, we don't. We always go to Yellowstone. (laughs) It is definitely one of our most visited national parks. Again, just because there's so much to see, there's so much variety and just so many cool experiences that you can have with your family. Thanks for exploring the national parks with us. Please share, like, and subscribe. And if you need any help planning your own trip, click on over to dirtinmyshoes.com. See you next week. Same time, same place. And don't forget to get some dirt in your shoes.